Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Do you happen to have any of your art that you've created with you? With me right now? Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm pretty much always wearing something. Can you, so, can you tell us about one of the, can you take one of the, and describe it for those that are listening auditory and then also show it for the ones that are viewing? Yeah, for sure. So I, um, I like big pieces. Um, I, I, but I would also say that I like to be able to design for people's personalities, but like I had a customer come in and say, I, I drew this thing and I was like, I don't know if she's going to like this. The top of it, I'm going to say was about two and a half inches by three inches. And she said, I don't know, do you think it's big enough? And I was like, yes, you are my people. So uh, I'll talk about um, the ring that I'm wearing right now. It's one that I made more eh, fairly recently, I guess. Um, And I pretty much am always wearing something. And usually there's a ring that I'm in love with. So this is my current ring that I'm in love with. So um, it's a black and white um, zebra agate. It's reminiscent of white buffalo turquoise, if you're familiar with that. Um, it's about two and a half inches long, probably a half inch wide. Um, I'm not always the best at guessing sizes. Um, but one, it has kind of one of my signature bands, which is, um, like a saddle style that's adjustable because while I really like big things, comfort and daily wear is what I always want for all my pieces, whether or not you choose to wear it like that. I want you to not, not be able to wear it like that, if that makes sense. So, um, the saddle band, it's like really fat on the top of my finger where people see it, but where my hand closes, it comes down to about uh, three eighths of an inch. And so I have still full closure on my hands when I'm wearing it. Um, and then I'm really a fan of this like matte silver finish because I'm likely going to bang it up on things and it will not show that wear as much. So um, and then one of the other things that I often do if I'm going to do a large piece is I actually offset my bands. And so um, if you could see it, you could see that the band sits closer to the top of the stone as opposed to the middle. And that allows the longer portion of the stone to fall back on my hand um, as opposed to like up on my finger that I want to be able to bend. And that keeps me from getting things caught if I can keep it um, below that first knuckle. Wow. I, uh, so you, I, I love this quote that you said, it said, I hope you read, uh, it says, if you're reading this, I hope you're doing something with what you have. If you're sketching on napkins from today's takeout, I'll bet they're beautiful. If you're working from a shoebox under your bed, I hope you regularly spread your contents and immerse yourself there. If you've carved out a space in your spare bedroom, may it bring you all the inspiration you need for today. If you're waiting for the day you have a full and perfect studio, you never will. Your work doesn't need a studio space. Your work needs you to show up and do what you can with what you have where you are. That, my friend, is what had me reach out is because it's imperative that people learn to produce in the midst of, to be fruitful in the midst of what seems like affliction or hard times. Um, can you encourage the, those who might be parents of creatives 
and some of the ways that they can cultivate that in their children as we're about to wrap up. Can you can you give a little insight if someone is listening and they happen to be the parent of a creative or they were a creative and it's bottled up now and now they say, you know, I'm 60 years old and maybe it's too late or I don't, you know, I don't know the range. I get a lot of feedback. <laughs> I want to know, you know, just whatever it is you sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, man, one of the things that I love about little kids, like little, little kids, is if you ask them to draw a picture of something, none of them will say, I can't draw. Like if you say, can you, can you draw yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I can. And, you know, whether or not you can recognize it as a person, that's irrelevant to them. They know exactly what it is. And so I think somewhere along the line, you know, all of a sudden we see, we see a Van Gogh or we see, you know, some other phenomenal artist and we think, well, I can't do that. Well, of course you can't, that's not yours. You're not meant to do that. That's not the life you're meant to live. And so I think just like, just encouraging kids, like um, with whatever, whatever they're doing and that they don't have to be the master of it. There doesn't have to be an end goal. Um, and it doesn't have to look like something. And I think with the language that you use as a parent with a creative, like um, comments on the process and or questions are going to be a lot better um, criticism and encouragement for them than, um, than saying like, oh, that's a, re that's a really good picture, you know? Um, or what is that? Like, that's not a question to ask. Tell me about that you'll get more. Um, what made you pick those colors? Uh, just asking, asking questions that allow your child to like kind of explain it is really good. And then just, you know, having things available. I think a lot of times parents don't want to do things. They're like, oh, such a mess. I'm totally with you. Totally there. Um, it's like, can I paint? I don't want you to paint. I just wiped off the table, but you know, like coming up with those, like, those uh, different ground options. Like we have a table and it's, I'm sitting at it right now. Like it's our art room table and there is Play-Doh stuck to this chair beside me that I'm just gonna let dry up and go after with a razor blade at this point. And so it's just uh, giving people space, giving the kids space to do things. And, and it might not even be, um, it might not even be art stuff. You know, I have, I have a kid who's really mechanical and he, he loves Legos and he likes, um, he, recently he was kind of into this, like, uh, building armor. Like he wanted to build armor and I was like, well, I'm not going to give you sheet metal. What can we do? And so he was cutting up our Amazon boxes and making like full body, like night armor with like movable parts. And, you know, and so I often will just be like, Hey, what do we need for our craft cabinet? And they tell me, and then I get it and stick it in there and try and just give them the, the freedom to do that. But I think also just kids, you know, letting them try lots of different things. Like, um, I think it's a huge downfall to be like, if they're like, Man, I, I really like to paint. Well, you're a really good painter. So let's try clay. Well, they don't have to be a clay person. Like, and uh, let them, let them just go and figure out what they're good at and what they love in whatever category that might be. You have a person who is a creative and now they're almost a repressed or they push down their creativity because they were told that they would be a starving artist, but they know that they do have an ability. So maybe they secretly do that medium, but they're not sharing it with anybody because there might be a lot of shame around it. What would you say to a person who is finds themselves in that state? Yeah, I would say uh, start small. I mean, I think 
I think the idea that people are like making it, I think that's like a huge, a huge first step is that you chose to continue that um, despite being told that you shouldn't or that you couldn't. And if you are a person who knows you can, but you haven't, doing it, that's the first step. Do it, start small. Um, and then maybe you just like hang a piece up in your house that you are just love and are really proud of. You don't even have to sign it. You don't have to tell anybody that you painted it. It can just hang there. And if somebody's like, oh, you get that at the Goodwill, then yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know where it exactly originated. Not untrue. You don't know exactly where that canvas was stretched. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think starting, starting small and figuring out, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's just you paint a birthday card for a friend that you, that you love. I think that a lot of times people downplay how much giving a, a creative piece to someone means to the receiver. Um, and so I think that's, that's something like, you know, you have your people, you have your safe spaces, start with them, like just give them some things. Where, where do you see Sandcastle going? Where do you see it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I more think, writing in the future. <laughs> I do. I do love writing. I, I mean, that's why I thought communications would be my game. But um, yeah, I think uh, I go a lot of different directions and think like, okay, maybe this. And uh, I think you have to be really comfortable with a pivot. So I'll toss out a couple of like things that I've thought about knowing full well that it might pivot into something totally different. Um, I would still love at some point to, um, to move into a downtown space. I mean, we have a very small downtown, but it's vibrant and I love, I have a lot of great relationships with business owners down there. And it would just be really fun to be able to work and also meet my friend for coffee or lunch, you know, and just get to be part of that business community in, in location would be great. Um, I would really love the opportunity, I mean, you touched on it. I touched on it in the article. I love getting to encourage people to do the things that they're called to do. And I think it would be a really cool opportunity to have a space that allowed for some business incubation where um, several of, I, like I mentioned, of several great business friends, where some of them who are really talented at like the bookkeeping side or the business side or the marketing side or the um, customer relations side, where we would all begin to be able to pour into small businesses and kind of just give them a really great jump start. Because I think that there's a lot of people who could do a lot with some of those opportunities. And I mean, big picture dreaming, I would love to have a space that I could do that. And I'm hosting you and holding you. And then by the time you're done and ready to go, you can afford, you know, to rent one of the empty buildings that's downtown. Because there's a lot of empty buildings, but I'd love nothing more than to see those full of awesome places doing the things that they that they want to do. So maybe something like that uh, somewhere down the line. But yeah, so almost in, almost cultivating and 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 uh, sending out those who are because um, you speak of an incubator, so it's almost homegrown. You're you're yeah building. Yeah, up. I think so. There's a there's a place in Wichita that gets to do some things like that. And she's done it really well. And, um, and I think that's just a really interesting concept. I think there's a lot of kind of cooperative ways that you can make, um, that you can make it more accessible for people to kind of dip their toes into being a business owner without jumping all into, um, 
to the full overhead of what that looks like. And I think, uh, I think letting people do the thing that they're passionate about while you slowly open their eyes to like, see, you can, you can do this for your livelihood. Um, that would be a really, that'd just be a really cool opportunity. When you have, um, you talked early on and this is, a, I thought my, that was my last question, but I thought about this question as you were answering. <laughs> what would you say to those that think that they have to flee to the bigger cities to make something happen? versus the concept of almost prospering where you're planted and kind of assessing, cause you assessed and you said it wasn't, you didn't just go cause you couldn't afford it. I mean, if, if I don't think you're naive to believe that, oh, you know, I didn't, the reason why I just didn't go is cause I didn't have the money. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.